0: This podcast was recorded live at Life Church Lancashire. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit lifelanks.org. Well, good to see you this morning. It is the uh, penultimate week in James on Life, and uh, I insist on preaching the last but one of any series, so I can say Penultimate. And uh, so, but today I'm talking about a patient life, but you're going to have to wait, because I've got something to uh, say before that. Uh, First of all, I want to say a big thank you for uh, Trish and myself. Uh, uh, Trish's mum's funeral was on Friday, and we really appreciate the love and the prayers and the support. Thank you so much. It means a lot to be part of this caring community and that's been a blessing, and uh, it's good to have family with us, Trish's favourite sister and favourite aunt are in this morning, so they're also welcome. Thanks for making them welcome and giving you a wave, uh, because Christine's not slow in coming forward. But uh, <laughs> thank you. Uh, and also I want to say a massive thank you for those who gave to the building offering as you know we said we're starting in a few weeks to finish the first floor and uh, we were short by about 20,000 and uh, you've already given 16,000 which is phenomenal I'm always humbled by your generosity so thank you and if you've not had opportunity to give you can give online or uh, use the envelopes that you can put in the bucket as you leave so thank you for that Absolutely wonderful. So, James on life, a patient life. Did I say it was penultimate? I did, (laughs) yeah. And in the book of James, his focus is on bringing followers of Jesus to maturity. And as we said more than once, he absolutely tells it like it is. I'm not sure how popular a pastor he would be today. With a cultural context that we live in, and you've also got to read always got to read Bible within the culture. It means what it says. I'm not saying it doesn't, but we have to bring the culture when we look at it. And for today, he shoots from the hip. He tells it like it is. And there's a massive amount in this book of James. And as we've been going through, this is week eight of nine. And as we've been going through, we can see James really speaks di- directly. And it's a kind of an extended piece of pastoral preaching. He's speaking to people who he wants to help. He's writing to people who he wants to help to bring to maturity. He's investing in these people. He's telling them not just what they want to hear, but what they need to hear. So he's saying very, very straight, and he's helping. And if we apply ourselves to what he's saying, I believe it helps us too. And he's, he's saying, choose maturity over immaturity. Well, it's quite, it's quite an obvious statement, but because I have snow on the roof doesn't mean that I'm mature. It just means I'm old. And after playing uh, football at church picnic last uh, Sunday, I'm still limping. So too old for football. And and uh, so that reminds us that we can get old without becoming mature. So James is saying, come to maturity. And you know how someone is maturity is how they deal with what happens to life. Most of us have had all sorts of challenges in our lives, if not all of us. What we do with that tells or shows what level of maturity that we have reached. And James was wanting to bring these people he's writing to to a level of maturity to become more like Jesus. The more like Jesus I am, the more mature I am becoming. So, how's the growing going? How are we doing? Week 8, God speaking, how are we doing in our growth. Because we all need to take spiritually personal responsibility for our growth. And this is not meant to, to put anybody down. This is meant to encourage you, because I'm not that kind of preacher. This is meant to encourage you to say, yes, I can grow. I can learn. I can always learn. I'm never going to be too old to learn. I can always become a little bit more like Jesus. So with that context, we're going to read from James chapter 5 and from verse 7. And let's see what he's got to say to us today. More, most importantly, of course, what God wants to say to us today. So, he says in verse 7, Be patient then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's return's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and spring rains. No patience needed in East Lancashire. He wouldn't, wouldn't write that to us. Patiently waiting for the sun, perhaps. The rain, not, a, not an issue. Verse 8, you too be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. Don't grumble against one another, brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at the door. In other words, he's saying Jesus is ready to come back, not to condemn us, but to help us. Verse 10, brothers and sisters, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we count as blessed those who, who persevered You've heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Here you go, bringing the balance to what he's saying. Above all, my brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. So he kicks it off by saying, be patient, brothers and sisters. He's telling them, he's telling us, how important patience should be. So James on life is saying, live a patient life. Live a patient life. Now, that's easy said, harder to do, because sometimes in life there's a lot of things that happen we want to get to the other side of them. There's a lot of things that we've been promised that we're waiting for for God to fulfill that promise. And of course, he is specifically talking about the return of Jesus The New Testament teaches us that there's coming a day when Jesus will come back to to take those who love him to be with him. And so he said, be patient. And for 2,000 years, generation after generation, Christians, followers of Jesus, have been looking for the Lord's return. And it hasn't happened yet. But James says, stay patient and be ready. So we have our affairs in, put it one way, we need to have our affairs in order. So that when Jesus comes back, we are ready, and when we stand before him, not condemned, so we're not worried, we're not fearful of that, we've put our trust in God, we've made our our life right with God, and when Jesus comes back, he will just see, forgiven, stamped across your forehead, metaphorically. And so, that's not a condemnation, that's just a, a wonderful thing to know that when we're right with God, we've nothing to fear because Jesus is coming back. And he says in verse 8, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is drawing near. So he's making a big point, two big points actually. Big point is Jesus is coming back, be ready and be patient. And he's also making a huge point to say be patient because we have to understand that we are not God, obvious statement, but sometimes we think God do it this way, and do it then and god says i 'm god i 'll answer this prayer in the way I want to answer it i 'll come through with this answer yes, it might be it may be in a, a direct promise that you 've received from God, something specifically specifically for you in your life, but god 's saying through this in james it 's going to happen. Don't, just stand firm, keep on believing, don't quit, don't run away from it, don't give up on it, don't try and sort this out yourself, don't try and come up with another solution, because I promised, and this is going to happen, big point, patient life is a life waiting for God, it's about God's sovereignty, not Jeff's sovereignty, it's about what God does when he wants to do it, not what he does when I tell him to do it, not going to work. So we pray in line with what God has said, his word, and we trust him to come through with the many promises in the word and also specific promises that we have received. And as I'm speaking, there will be things that God has spoken to you about very specifically. That is, is specific to you. And I don't need to give you examples. You know exactly what I'm meaning. But let me tell you what I believe. The word of the Lord for you this morning is... Be patient, God's coming through. So would would, would you take that? There's nothing in it for me other than to bless you. Take that. Be patient, God's coming through. So to live a patient life is a a demonstration of fruit of the Spirit. One of the fruit of the Spirit, of course, is patience or long-suffering. You might have it translated in your Bible. Long-suffering or patience is fruit of the Spirit. Fruit of the Spirit is fruit of God living inside us so that we live as fruit. We demonstrate the love of God in us and through us. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And one of the, the fruit is patience. So get on with it. So patient, a patient life, should, we should live a patient life. And patience, one thing that patience teaches us is humility, that we're not God. And God is sovereign, and we are to trust Him. Be patient. Verse eight again. Stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. And right at the beginning of that scripture, James gives an example, which is kind of a very obvious example. We are not farmers. There is one farmer in the room, Edward. We, we, we. Uh, you know, a million times more about farming than I do. So. But he talks about a farmer patiently waiting for the for the rain. And he talks about, have got a couple of, of pictures just to help you with this image, very obvious, but I just want to illustrate it. So the farmer saws his seed, and if you live near a farm, walk past a farm, you will see that the farm is, the, the, the land has been, been plowed and been prepared. Seeds have been sown. And you can walk past that same piece of land week for many weeks and it looks like nothing's happened absolutely nothing's happened. It's the same with the promises of God. It would appear sometimes that nothing is changing, but the promise is still there. The promise is in the ground. The promise is coming. And then a little bit later, we start to see the green shoots of something beginning to happen. That's not the harvest yet. But it's proof of the promise that God's coming through. So get all of this. It might look like nothing's happening. It might look like there's only a little bit happening. And then ultimately, the final picture, we see a full-blown harvest. So all of those crops were probably different. But just stick with, <laughs> just stick with me <laughs> on, on, the, on the illustrations, those of you agriculturalists. Uh, yeah, I, I get it. What a difference. Nothing, green shoots, full harvest. So I don't know what you're waiting for. Waiting to get married, waiting for something to come through, waiting for a breakthrough in some area. It might look like nothing's changed week after week, possibly longer than that. It might, you might be at the stage of green shoots right now. Be patient, it's coming. And so we've got a lot of situations where we have to be patient. If you talk to a child about Christmas, it sounds like, you know, it's never going to happen. And, of course, we know it happens, as far as I'm aware, every year on the 25th of December. It's going to happen. So there's, a, there's an end date. We're blessed that a number of of uh, families in church right now are expecting a baby, and some their, their first baby. That's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And they know roughly, and I'm, I'm, I'm not a doctor either, but we know roughly it's going to be nine months. So there's kind of an end date when the promise and the signs of the promise, don't need to be any more graphic or I'll dig a, a hole for myself, but we, we can see <laughs> that something's happening and the promise is going to happen. And that's a, that's a wonderful blessing. So bless these families, Lord, and, and, and let's pray for them and encourage them and help them and support them the best we can. So sometimes things have an end date, and I can work with that. I can work with nine months. I can work with Christmas is on the 25th. I was talking to my, uh, one of my grandsons, the oldest one, Ezra, who's six, and he said, uh, it's nearly Christmas, because he worked out that after his birthday, and then after his dad's birthday in June, it's... Christmas is like the next big deal. Well, no, it's, it's quite a while. It's quite a while. So, well, it's not a few days. It's it's a long time yet. But we can see an end date. But you have promises, in all seriousness, that God has given to you. And it's ages. It's like a long time. It's like, is this ever going to happen? Stand firm stay in faith don't quit believe what god has said because god will certainly come through and james is taking giving us a big uh, a big picture here of god's sovereignty and the goodness of god that god comes through with his promises and that will mean different things to different people but what the farmer does he's patient as he's waiting for that to happen, he's invested his resources into the land, if I can put it that way, and we get to invest our resources, I mean our lives, not our money, we get to invest ourselves in other people, that's what he's he's speaking about here, that's the example, so a patient life doesn't kind of fit with our current society, if I order it from Amazon this evening, I'm looking for it tomorrow. It comes on Amazon Prime, the other delivery services available. But it'll come. And if, if it's not going to come for two or three working days, two or three working days, that's outrageous. <laughs> but do I, do, do I really need, need it that quickly? Possibly not. So we expect things to absolutely happen quickly. And what James is speaking into now is kind of countercultural because we expect everything now we expect to be able to get uh, fruit and veg that we want 365 days of a year. I don't necessarily need strawberries. I like them and I buy them. I love them. I love fruit that we can get all the time. But I'm old enough to remember when these things just were seasonal. You didn't; they weren't available all the time. And that's possibly not a bad thing because of carbon footprint and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it's important, but we, we, we don't like waiting for anything. We expect things to be immediate. But stay faithful, stand firm, and be active in your uh, faith. Patience is the capacity to accept or tolerate delay, problems, or suffering without becoming annoyed or anxious. <laughs> Can I trust God with my current circumstances? God has said this, but hey, this is what it actually looks like. But I'm patient. I'm not becoming annoyed with God. I'm not becoming anxious. I'm trusting God for what is coming. So we need to be patient with God because the Lord's coming is near. Jesus is coming back. To take, him, to take us to be with themselves. Habakkuk 2, 3. The vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. That scripture is talking about a specific thing and it's also talking about the return of Jesus, but apply this to whatever God has promised you. Apply this scripture to what God has said to you and what hasn't happened yet. Wait patiently. It's coming. It'll surely take place. It will not be delayed. So grab that this morning. Whatever that means to you, I I really pray that God will help you with that because when we try to sort things out for ourselves, there's lots of examples in the Bible. Abraham's an example of that. God promised him a son, got tired of waiting, became impatient, found another solution rather than what one God had planned and that ended up in all sorts of trouble and it does if we try to sort things out our way when God says he will come through you can be sure about that don't let doubt or impatience rob you of God's best don't settle for less than God's best for you we're not comparing ourselves are we with anybody we are just what God said to you We don't say, oh, if I could be like that person. No. What has God said to you? And don't settle for less than that. Impatience is a form of pride. It's it's an arrogance that imagines we know better than God. No. God keeps his promises. And he will come through. So be patient with God. And be patient with each other. Don't grumble against one another. Verse 9. Brothers and sisters, or you will be judged. So he's throwing that in as well. That it's not about. It is about being patient with God and trusting God, but it's being patient with each other. And sometimes, you might be tempted to pray for someone in this sort of fashion: "Of God, will you make them see things the way I see them? Well, we'll let the penny drop with them. You know, they're just being awkward." Let them think the same as me. And maybe in that patience, God might teach, be teaching me or might be teaching you to perhaps see things from someone else's perspective, that it's actually, that's the way they, they see it. So don't grumble, but be patient with when. When is this going to change? When is that person going to change? When is that, this building going to be totally finished? Well, in a few weeks, we're going to start and we'll be finished, finished. Maybe we should have a party when it's finish, finished, finished. Yeah, any excuse, eh? To celebrate, awesome. So, patience, patient with each other, and patient, patient with God, patient with each other, and stand firm. But he's talking about not just passive patience, but active patience. So, passive patience, I'm just waiting, a bit like when uh, Trish and I go shopping, or. Trish she goes shopping and I go with her. A bit like that when she goes into a store and it's like, how long can you stay in that one store? And I'm, I'm, I'm there patiently waiting. It's a bit like that. Now, that was kind of a sexist comment, so I might need to come up with something and I will apologize to her later. I already have. But that's passive patience, seriously, it's kind of just sat there. So I've prayed about something, I'm going to wait. I'm just going to sit, I'm going to wait. No. Active patience is I'm actually going to do something. The farmer doesn't just plant his seed and forget about it. He's he's, he's actively involved. He's he is uh, weeding and 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 he's putting on fertilizer, he's doing everything he can, he continues to do something. It's an active thing, it's not passive. If we're just waiting for something to happen, but God says, No, be active in our patience. If you know people have, have spoken to me as church leader or many times over the years and said, God's told me, he wants me to do this. And I say to them, fantastic, that's wonderful. How can we work together? What are you doing to prepare for that? So this morning you say, God's told me I need to play keyboard in the worship band. I know I'll never look as, as cool as Blessing who was on this morning. True, you won't. He's got that one nailed. But if I was then to, if I was then to say to you, if I was then to say to you, "Do you play keyboard?" Oh no, I've not. I, I don't play keyboard, but God's told me, and, and I'm, I'm, being, I'm exaggerating a little, perhaps a little. But God, people said stuff to this, like this to me of, "Prepare." So you, you get you get lessons and you practice and and all of that, and then you have an audition, and then and, and it, it all happens as God has said. But there's a process. There, we need to be active. And so for me, if I'm waiting for God to come through with a promise, what do I do? I stay true. I don't quit. I don't quit on on God. I don't quit on church. I don't quit on reading the Word of God. I don't quit on prayer. I keep going in all of those things. I keep going. I serve. If if I can't be the keyboard player, because I can't play keys, I'll I'll decide that I'm going to serve in any way. What needs doing? I'll do it. And I'll, I'll prepare my heart and I'll prepare my attitude to serve in whatever way that is. Patience is the ability to keep a good attitude while waiting. Yeah. Attitudes matters a lot, eh? Matters a lot. There's a story that Jesus told, a parable of the ten miners. Nothing to do with people who go underground to dig for fossil fuel. Miners is, was an amount of money. So he... The the the, uh, the master gave his his servants ten minors, which was equivalent to three months' wages. So think about in your context, you might think that might be a particular figure that comes to mind. Then forget about the financial aspect of it, because he, Jesus said the, the the master, the story that Jesus told, he said he said invest this. He said he said with my glasses, I get it right. He said. Put the money to work. In an old translation, King James, it says, Occupy till I come. I like that. It means keep busy until I come back. So invest it. So we're not talking about financial resources right now. We're talking about investing our lives, as I've already said, in others. So in Luke 19, when Jesus tells that parable, and not a lot of time to, to, to unpack that parable, but the point is, what we have... We're supposed to use in this life. Life is to be lived. John 10:10, which is our our, key scripture for the year, life in all its fullness, abundance, everything that God has for us, not to settle for anything less, but to go for everything that God has for us. That is the life that we've got to live. But with those life, that life, our limited days on planet Earth, we are supposed to invest our time in. Serving God, how do you serve God? You serve God by serving others. You serve God by loving others. You serve God by blessing others. You serve God by looking out for others. It's active patience. It's not passive. We don't say, well, we're part of church. I come on a Sunday morning, and I enjoy the atmosphere. I meet some nice people, and and, and then I go home, and, and it's great, and it gives me a bit of a lift. Wonderful. No, if this is our community we get involved, we look out for people, we, we help people, and I'm not on a recruitment drive for anything, I am, I am speaking into this life and saying we need to live lives that are about other people, not just about ourselves. Well, I've done my bit, you've never done your bit, right? Until you stand before God, We've never, we're not done. Yeah. We're not done. We might have a different way of serving God but we can still be an encouragement. We can still be a, a person who prays. We can still be a phenomenal encourager. So he was talking about patience. Patience teaches us perseverance. We get stronger in a faith if we stay faithful through the challenges. It's the idea of strengthening or, or, or establishing our hearts means to con- confirm our faith through endurance. We keep going, it confirms our faith through endurance. Patience teaches us perseverance. And of course in Hebrews 11, it says faith is confidence in what we hope for and reassurance about what we do not see. And in Hebrews Of course, it lists a bunch of people which we call heroes of faith, people who have kept going. Some of them never actually saw the promises that God had given to them because the promises were for a later generation. But they stayed true, they stood firm, and they kept going. And that's what a patient life looks like. Even though we have not yet seen what God has said, we stay true because God is going to come through with what he's promises, promised. And he ends this scripture, and as I, I, I bring this to a close, he ends this scripture when he talks about integrity. You know, a few weeks ago, I talked about an eloquent life, how it's important what we say and what our words actually mean. But he says in verse 12, Above else, brothers and sisters, do not swear, not by heaven or by earth or anything else. All you need to say is a simple yes or no. And it's a, talking about integrity and the importance of doing what we say, saying what we really. What we really believe and living that out, let be people of integrity that we always tell the truth now there's been a high profile gentleman who lost his lost his job as a as a result of this it 's not a part of political statement, but it is a statement to say we need to be people of the truth yeah. we need to be people of integrity and Christians come on, we need to do what we say, not just say something because we think someone has needs to hear that so strengthen your faith by taking seriously our relationship with Jesus by yes the the principles the basics spending time in God's presence with his word coming together with other Christians so we can grow ourselves and also don't forget we can help other people to grow we can be encouraged but we can also be an encouragement James 4 verse 8 says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. I love that scripture, that God is already on his way towards us. All we need to do is draw near to him and we'll know his presence and his blessing. So let's be honest, honest to God. People say that, do they mean it. Honest to God and honest with each other because that's what James is calling us to do as we live a patient life live a patient life because be patient then verse 7 brothers and sisters until the Lord's coming Jesus is coming back and I want to ask you, you are you ready for that? Are you ready for his return? Have you, met, have you got your affairs in order? Have you put, your, put things right with God? Have you asked for forgiveness? Have you put your trust in God? Because when Jesus comes back, then we'll be those that he comes to take to be with himself. We're going to pray for that specifically and then I'm going to come back and talk just for a moment about how God can help us with, with our patience. Father, thank you that you sent your one and only Son, the best from heaven, to take care of the worst that we had. And Father, we thank you that we can put our trust in you. Pray, God, that you will bless each and every person here this morning, that we can make sure that we've put our faith in you and got right with you. I just want to take a moment to say if, You've never got right with God. You've never put your trust in him. Why not do that this morning and say, God, I'm going to put my trust in you and put my faith in you. I've got questions, the things I don't understand. That's what faith is. We take a step towards God. We draw near to God as he draws near to us. If that's you this morning you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, it would be an awesome privilege for me to pray for you Just raise your hand where you are and I'll pray for you. I won't point you out. I won't embarrass you. Not yet. Father, I thank you that right now people are coming home. People are putting their trust in you. Amen. I want to talk for just a second. I'm going to pray for you one more time about, about the patient life. What are you waiting for? Is there something God said that hasn't happened yet? Is there something absolutely in your heart? The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added to you as well. So we put God first, and then he comes through with the promises. I want to combine my faith with yours this morning to believe God that he will come through and the promise that is given to you. I want to believe that God wants to speak life into that. I'm going to believe, God, I've waited. I've got to ask you, is there anything you can be doing? Active patience. But if you need God to come through with something, I'm going to pray again for you. And just just in your heart before God, I I don't need you to to raise your hand or anything like that. I'm, I'm just going to pray for you. Father, thank you for each and every person in this room and those on the live stream, those watching on Catch Up. Lord, we all have desires. We all have promises that we have from you. And kind of, we're trying our best, Lord, to patiently wait. Father, I pray for breakthrough this morning that we will see breakthrough in this area. And in the coming days, Lord, we will see those answers that come through because you are True to your promises and you never let us down. Father, I pray that blessing, in Jesus' name, amen. If you found this podcast inspiring and helpful, then we'd love for you to get in touch via at lifelanks on social media or our website lifelanks.org. Life Church impacting our neighbors, our nation and the nations with the good news about Jesus.